Welcome back, everybody. Hey, everyone. Well, here's the podcast I said it wouldn't do again, but and I, we're I, doing it. Let's I, go. Damn, <laughs> and I can't, I can't hold it in anymore. I have been on one for weeks now, and I, I mean, this is something that I'm still on, and I'm still in prayer on, and I still, I, I ask for prayer on. So I ask that you know you all consider this don't just get angry and, and freak out and i don't like out. this i'm mad thumbs down but stop truly take it to prayer please understand where i'm coming from and then open up god's word and start digging right that's what we all have to do it's not about our thoughts our feelings our traditions our comfy anything it's i hold that mirror up to myself right the mirror of god's word and i make myself be transformed and changed so that i fit what his word says not anything else so in my church i'm teaching through the book of matthew okay so through the book of matthew this whole book has required me to study jewish history first century history all jewish even history. more than you already do even more than i already yes. do it's one of my favorite things to do uh, and when i say his i i'm definitely more focused towards like second temple period jewish history um not early jewish history i i need you know that that i can i can need a little bit more work on but i still i still do um but you know still the second temple period is is really where i i've really focused into and um especially for the book of Matthew. So reading the book of Matthew is, is the more and more that I've, I've read it and the more, the more that I've, I've read now the epistle, even most of the epistles afterwards. Um, since then, I mean, in this mindset, you know, this, this mindset of that, um, I haven't come to Torah observance or, or anything Some like other that. Thing, yeah. But I've been very, very disturbed at the amount of replacement theology that exists in the world and in Christianity today. Not and like I go to a church that teaches replacement theology, even specifically. Just even subliminally, just Christian culture, yes. Christian yes. tradition. We don't even understand yes. Because I think How? a lot of times we can be like, oh, well, my church does not teach replacement theology. Therefore, I'm, I, I have nothing to do with replacement theology. That's true. Your church might not teach replacement theology. And that's where basically we put the church in place of Israel, right? But, or fulfillment the theology sure, or supersessionism, whatever you want Your point call. being that in so much of our tradition and culture and just Christian-y type things, there is so much replacement theology and anti-Semitism, so much hate for the Jews and doing away with all things Jew that we don't even realize anymore that... And it's masked... Yes, very, it's very, very, very politely. And I don't think most people notice it. I really don't. But the more and more, you know, looking at this, the more and more it's like, wow, it is so sad how far we have come from being the Gentiles who are grafted into this people of Israel. And now we're just Christians, right? Christ didn't come to create a new religion, he came as a fulfillment to the Jewish people. We are grafted in with him. And instead, we're just like, oh, no, we have nothing to do with Jews. We're Christians. Right. It's like, well, I thought we were adopted children. Right. We are grafted in, not making us, you know, we get, like we've said before, Hebrew roots and Torah observed stuff that gets really wonky. And here, no. here's the thing is Paul clearly says 
that we no longer are bound or saved by, or I mean, not, not that we were ever saved. That's, that's his point, that you couldn't be. But it was never bound by the letter of the law. Okay, the, the law, it, it was never, in following it, it was never about that at all. But saying that, even Jews, even a lot of Jews, and this is where the church has failed, this is where this replacement theology has come in, because even Jews think that we want to replace them and stomp them out. Some of them might be accepting. I know you see a lot of this whole like Israel and, and the United States stuff now. And some of them is a little accepting. And, and you Especially know, you the hear the non-religious the, ones. Oh, you know, well, we love Jesus. You, you love God. So we love each other. Okay, so there, there's some of that. But, uh, but in the reality of it, the reason why Jew, Jews truly believe that you hate them and that you don't understand your own history, you in which you don't. But a lot of them think that that's a good, you know, a, a good starting point. That that you own this, and, and that you want to completely uh, get away, you know, with this. But you know, Paul's Paul's point was never to replace ethnic Israel. And he lays that point out in Romans 9, 10, and 11. Specifically in 11. I read it with my church this past week. It could not be more clear. I mean, they, they, they have not... Fit, but we have lost everything from it. And there is roots to where and why that happened. Why, like, why all of a sudden, why would we read the book of Acts and think that, like, you know, the, like this was inventing some new religion? When you see that they were in the synagogue. They, you know, Paul, Paul you know, his fellow country, like, he, he went to the Jew. They still practiced their thing that christ was only the fulfillment so i don't understand how we can read the book of acts and then get to this point where we think that we need to stop everything out or we don't think that that you know that we can be ignorant of these things and so one of the things that has really disturbed me lately and it didn't have any relation to the holidays because this is this the, that was why I mentioned going through the book of Matthew in church is because it had nothing to do with the holidays. This had me going since I've been in the book of Matthew. Going what none of this was meant to be lost. Jesus was a Jew. We are now brought into this family. We are now brought into this family. And now. We went and adopted a child from Ethiopia, right? That kid (laughs) would now come and learn what it's like to be an American and do the things that our family does, right? They would. In no way do we have to follow the law. Christ is the fulfillment of that. Now, when I say we don't follow the law, we don't follow the practice of the law because Christ is the law yes 
Now, you don't have to, but I find there's much benefit in a lot of the lifestyle that they lead. And that's the reason why. That's it's why because it God did this place. to set his people apart. Do now, not ever do, do what they do. do Look you have, like this. Do you have to celebrate the festivals? Do you have to? No. You can even go to church on Sunday. You know, you can do that. They met on Sundays. Okay. But again, this was never meant to replace. Because just because they met on Sundays didn't mean that they still didn't follow Shabbat. <laughs> you know, like they didn't, they weren't, they weren't legalistic with it. But don't think that they didn't observe the fact of going to the temple on the Sabbath. That's why you see we were in the temple on the Sabbath. Imagine over that. Over and over. And over and over again. <laughs> I don't understand what people's, what people's lockup with that is. Yeah. How do you not understand that, yes, they met on Sundays. This is, this is the church. But they were still Jewish, so they, they, a lot of them still did what they did every day. Well, and the same thing, like we don't understand that Gentiles, even prior to Christ, like at the time that Christ was, you know, alive, walking the earth, right, for his 30-some-odd years, um, there was a huge even Roman Gentile population within the church. That's why it talks so much um, in the epistles about circumcision, because there was actually a huge Gentile population within the Jewish group, right? That I'm here. I've told, I, I buy into it. I follow the Lord. That's where there's the Gentile court, the outer courts, you know, all these different things. But that hang up was circumcision. It's like, I'm here and I'm going to synagogue each week and I, I'm partaking, I'm seeing all of the things that you're doing. And I believe in the Lord God, right? The God of mm -hmm. Isaac, Abraham, Jacob. But I don't want to do that. I, that's, I don't know if I want to do that part, right? Like, yeah. so you that's where we to. see, that's where we see all of that come together. So here, when we think that it's a brand new thing that Gentiles are even being brought into this, no, Gentiles have always been able to come into this you see that all throughout your old testament and then knowing historically that there is an actually fairly good sized gentile population of believers in the lord god during this time that christ was alive right but he came to give it to the jews first and then to the gentiles so yeah, just remember the that they Jew were, they were there. To the Gentile, <laughs> and there is no replacement here. And so being on all this, circling back to all of this, I, for the life of me, cannot understand why the church continues... Or is okay with celebrating Christmas. And as I said on the last podcast, I said you wouldn't think that they wouldn't have anything to do with it. But it does. It has everything to do with it. And this whole Bethlehem star thing is what really got me off on this. This whole Bethlehem star is this, this alignment of the planets that's supposed to occur on December 21st. Okay, well, this this alignment. Okay, if it, if it really was the Bethlehem star, it was probably the one that occurred in 2017, the one that happens every 2,000 years. 
So that one, and, and that one was far more biblically accurate to when the shepherds would have been out. Than this one is. This yes, one is now. Ridiculous. Okay, so that's the first point. But two is, the second point is, we're looking, we're, we have our blessed hope in the rapture. We are not looking for any signs in the sky. So any sign in the sky like that would be a sign of judgment, not any sign of anything that we would want to see. So that, that really got me, got me kind of irked on that. But I looked into it, and I, again, studying more, I went and I looked into the gods of Jupiter and Saturn, and realizing because this article that I read, it was this, it was uh, talking about this alignment, but how it was going to be on the twenty-first. But this is right during the winter solstice period which is a pagan celebration. This was something that existed during Jesus' time on earth. Like Rome, and like this is what they did. Because these celebrations, oddly enough, these celebrations honored the god of Saturn. Saturn. Matter of fact, it was on December 17th to December 23rd. I wonder why. Okay, so this was a pagan Greco-Roman festival around the time of Jesus. Okay. So this got me tying all this replacement theology stuff into this. I'm going, where did the church get Christmas from? Well, the church literally got Christmas from, and you can't, you can, you can wiggle your way out of it, and you can say what happened a couple hundred years later all you want. But the fact of the matter is, is that in 336 was the first Christmas celebration, Christian celebration of this period. And where did its roots come from? Where did Constantine get its roots from? These pagan festivals that were going on at the same time. You can't get away from that fact. So, it just got me just burning on it. And, and the more and more that I'm reading on it and the more and more that I'm praying on it, I'm going, I don't understand this. And I just plead. I plead with everybody to, to understand who God is. If you affirm God as everlasting and never, and never changing, you need to understand something. Go back to the Old Testament. Okay, because what we did here is we took God and we tied him into a pagan festival or pagan roots. We say, oh, yeah, it doesn't mean that stuff. We just, we, we do this now. And this is what we do. 
Okay. The problem with that is go read Isaiah. Go read Ezekiel. Go tell me where you were supposed to marry God in with another pagan god or festival or anything. Show me where that, that ever worked out because this is the exact same thing that Israel did and it never turned out to be a good idea. This is the exact same things that they did. They took this this faith and this something that was ma made to set them apart from the world and they tied the world and pagan idolatry in along with it. That's exactly what's happened with especially with this Christmas holiday. Now, I don't want to condemn anybody for continuing to celebrate it but it's been brought to our attention recently too that there's there's been people that have left our 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 ministry because it's literally causing strife in their homes and in their lives because they feel convicted about some of these things but they can't get their spouses or or whoever to agree or feel how they feel but the problem is, is I, I don't want to, you have the freedom to do so. And I, I don't mean to make anybody feel bad or, or like I'm pointing a finger and judging. You absolutely have the freedom to do so. And as I laid out in the first podcast, Paul gives us the freedom to be able to do so. However... Scripture also says, no, Paul doesn't say celebrate Christmas, okay? He doesn't, but in Scripture, we can, we can uh, translate out of his letters that, yes, we have the freedom to do so without anybody raising too many questions, especially without casting judgment. But Scripture also says, to not use our freedom as an opportunity to sin. I'm not saying celebrating a certain holiday or anything is a sin. But I'm saying don't just use this freedom to blatantly disregard things that we already know and understand about God. And if we have something that directly goes against the written word of God, especially to his beloved people, his chosen people, these are mistakes that Israel made and were repeatedly told over and over again in the New Testament. Jude gives us examples. James gives us these examples. Peter, all of the New Testament writers give us examples of the Old Testament Israel one of the very last lines, matter of fact, the very last line in the book of 1 John is what? It is 1 John chapter 5, verse 21. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. 
where do we get this idea that we can marry these two things, especially something that was literally started to stomp out any Jewish roots of Christianity. I mean, you understand that Constantine got this vision, right, to go do these things in Jerusalem and and, and, and to take control of the church. and This is history. The, and we have to look back and we go, okay, hmm. so some of the things that we're doing now, that's not us now, that was, that was, you know, 15, 18, how many, ever 100 years ago. Okay, but shouldn't we ask ourselves these questions? We affirm that God is everlasting and ever-changing. That Old Testament God that we all like to refer to is the same God today as he was then. So at what point do you think that mixing your idols and your idolatry and your pagan practices along with God, at what point is that okay? Other than the freedom that we have in Christ to do so that Paul lays out. I don't care about any what any man says. Can we go to Scripture alone and defend this? Not, I, I don't care what church saints did throughout church history on Christmas. I don't care. Can you present your argument other than standing on the fact that we have the freedom in Christ to do these things without being condemned. Is that something that you want to stand on? Be knowing that Scripture says don't use your freedom as an opportunity to sin. Am I saying is this going to keep you from salvation or is this going to keep you? That's not what I'm saying. But for those of us that are a little bit more mature, those of us that may be thinking about these things a little bit more, that they, they know these things, that we have to start asking these questions. They're extremely important. And the reason why we harp or I harp on this is because the holidays are always, and I figured out this is why that I'm upset earlier this week. The holidays are always the time that the holiday Christians come out. You can't get anybody to talk or engage in anything that has to do with anything Christ until Thanksgiving or Christmas come. And then it's Christ everything. But you know that these people struggle throughout their daily lives and they admit that their struggles to you about their daily lives, about how they cannot find time. They, they, they can't get their spouse into it. They, can't, they give every excuse under the sun. Except, except, oh dear baby Jesus' birth. Which we already went over again. He's not a created being. He was never born. He came into this world, into flesh, as a propitiation for sin. Not so on December 25th. Not as a, yeah, not on December 25th. <laughs> not as this precious little baby 
that was that was just born and all of us you know oh little king there in his little manger that little king and his little major the next time he comes back he's coming back in judgment we've talked about that before where are all the cute little pictures of you know him riding the horse dripping in blood right where are the pictures in church of that jesus the one that we're actually looking to see here shortly right right like where are those where's pictures? that one yeah that'd be very offensive <laughs> i i mean <clears throat> i know it sounds like i'm being very um dogmatic about it and maybe I am because I don't understand it. I, I can't understand how I, I told Heidi this morning. I said, I, I just can't come to the conclusion of why we continue to do this and practice this in the church. And especially, especially while we see the day approaching. I, I posted Hebrews in our, our, just the verse on Facebook today. In church, ten, Hebrews ten twenty five. Okay, not neglecting to meet together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially since we see the re, his return, the day of his return drawing near. You know, it's funny as around holiday times is the biggest drop off you find in people going to church have anything to do with church. Yeah. Except on Christmas Day. Exactly. Well, not on or, the I mean, day because on we oh, wouldn't sorry. actually take the day yeah. to be in church, even though it's quote unquote Jesus's birthday. Because um, we know if we had church on Christmas Day, nobody would show up. But yeah, holiday season, the church. I mean, and this is a. I mean, these are churches across the board. It becomes very, very quiet because everybody's too busy. You're yep. traveling, got things to do. And, and like my church right now, there's, there's, we have nearly half of what we normally have. And it's, you know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, if, if it, like I said, if it hits home, then fine. I know it, it's already hit home for some people already. I've already upset some people for this stance, but at the end of the day, I work for the Lord. I don't work for you and I don't care. This is what the Lord puts on my heart. And this is what is truth. Yes. You have the absolute freedom to do so. And this podcast is not about saying that you should feel wrong or that you should stop or, or whatever else. But what this podcast is about is understanding the history. I mean, to un you would have to stand here and affirm all these things and say, yeah, I don't care. I just, you know, I just like doing it. Okay. Is that really who we want to be in Christ? Is that really like, we just don't care. Well, we don't care that this is rooted in pagan replacement theology and anti-semitic anti like we don't well and look at the point well, too I mean, like we were talking about is so christmas is something that part of the population celebrates quote-unquote for christ and then the rest of the population celebrates it for nothing to do with christ right so again if this is your you want to take this date to celebrate the birth of christ even though Number one, we're not told to celebrate the birth of Christ. Number two, with all the information we have, putting it together, 
the date was never given. I'm sure that was for a good reason, because, um, you know, that wasn't supposed to be the focus. But number two, it certainly wasn't in winter. It wasn't in December. So, but if you want to take this and you say, I still want to celebrate Christ, then how come what you're doing? This is a question, because this is a question we asked ourselves and why I was like, I can't do this anymore. There's Why, why would we do this? But why does how you celebrate Christ's birth, in quotes, why does it look the same as everybody else celebrating Christmas without trying to slap a Jesus sticker on it? You know what I mean? Why does it look the same? Why, if you are truly celebrating Christ's birth, right, what is needed to do that? Do you need a tree? Like, do you put up a Christmas tree for everybody's birthday in your house? Do you leave cookie, make cookies and do all, you know what I mean? Like you can go through the list. It's like, if that is what you want to celebrate, which you have every right to do so, if you would like to do so, look at everything you're doing. Is that truly to celebrate Christ's birth? Is that truly to be setting your whole home's atmosphere on Christ and his birth and his soon return? Is that really what it's doing? Is lining up to see Santa really doing that? Is going to look at Christmas lights really doing that? Is setting up a tree really doing that? Here's something for me to even go off of. Like, uh, somebody just sent this to me while we were we were talking here, and um, it's this. It's a pastor who I don't know who it is, and I wouldn't even say I, I, I did if I would. But somebody sent it to me. It's this pastor speaking about both online church and Christmas. Oddly enough. Um, he's, he's dogging bowl. Well, he's dogging online church and, but, and he's talking about Christmas and this is what he says about Christmas. It's December and we are beginning to talk about the greatest gift the world has ever received and the greatest sacrifice we will ever know. This should compel all Christians to not only share that, that gift with others, but to also be that sacrifice for others. Um, okay, well, I'll wait. It's beautiful and amazing anytime the local church gathers together in one place praising and worshiping the king of kings it's especially beautiful and amazing when the local church gathers together in one place thinking about singing about preaching about and worshiping god for where it all started for us and where our path to redemption and salvation began yes it did even start before the foundation of the world but for us in finite brains, it began not with a cross or an empty tomb. It began with a manger and a baby, Christ Jesus. Oh, bless. This is why we must gather together. This is why we must do what is necessary to ensure and promote safety. This is why we must trust God and set aside fears and hesitations in order to be together in one place, worshiping Jesus and praising God. For where it all began, for us, a manger and a baby, yet we need to do this all the time. I think that was his point, not just on Christmas, but um, I, I don't think that we, especially publicly, we don't forsake to, um, meeting together. And I, I understand, and I'm not making light of what he's, his point is with worshiping the King of Kings, and I'm, I'm, I'm affirm that, and I affirm that this was our, our sacrifice, and all of these things. Um, my question is, is why Christmas? Why? When we have, going back to our roots, guess what? There's, there's a day of atonement. You know what that day is? Guess what that day is? That would be celebrating 
the sacrifice. Like, but you would have to know like the roots seven of your religion that take up weeks throughout the year right of all of these things that you do you would have to know the roots of what you believe to be able to understand that why do we need in the west here to invent something new we don't we don't need an identity we need to be followers of god and just like israel they were set apart and they looked different they, they didn't behaved add, differently. They there's nothing wrong with these, these different Western culture customs that we have. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. Okay, we, we celebrate the 4th of July. Guess what? There is not a thing wrong with that. American, the world. Yeah, he doesn't mean like us personally. I don't mean like us personally. We don't. <laughs> like the world. But the world does. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Absolutely July 4th. I get it. I'm American. I, 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 at heart, I'm an American. I'm a Christian, and I don't celebrate July Fourth, and I don't, I, I don't believe in it personally. But that's what the world does, and that's what America does, and that's part of America's culture. And I think that that's interesting to note that, and I think that might be something that you know, hey, maybe that'll be every culture maybe has that, its maybe thing. in the kingdom of heaven, maybe <laughs> America, maybe the United States, you know, maybe we will be. I think that's a maybe first we'll stretch. be remembered July Fourth. I, I don't know, you know, I, who knows? I'm not going to hold my breath. I'm not going to hold my breath either. But it's, I mean, maybe that that's one of the things that's going to make it because we know that Jesus loves culture. There's nothing wrong with culture. There's nothing wrong with different cultures. Sure. There's, there's, but the problem is, is we over here in America, we don't, we, we really don't have our own culture. We kind of just picked off of other people in Europe and all throughout history and, and kind of just added things in, into what we do. So while we do have our own unique identities we're we're rooted not in our you know in in very new custom customs to us but the, these are customs that have been around for a long 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 time and this is where i think as you grow in in your spiritual maturity you see where you know maybe i should know some of these things and learn some of these things and understand some of these things I get get to reading this, and I'm just like, how how do we in the church? How do we say that? How do we not say that? Yeah, okay, how do I not tell you as a as a as a teacher during this time that, well, yes, this is when this is the Christmas is the time of year when the church gets together. But here's the thing, church, and I don't know if you know this. You know, look at where this is rooted in. Well, yeah, I don't care. Well. But the problem is, is God does. Maybe not about Christmas, but in, in the Old Testament, the Old Testament that I read, and even in the New Testament, um, that's not a good idea. So, while you have the freedom to do this, why do you ride this freedom card? And especially on a day that is so radically off of your religion like you you can't find any more examples of anti-christ 
than you can ancient Rome. But you know what's interesting is I was reading Acts yesterday, and I'm going to have to do a podcast on this. But when Paul is in Ephesus, and he there's a there's a big old commotion that started and he gets pulled away and everybody starts and they take him in to to have a trial where they did at the courts and where they where they settled disputes and like this dude is is being like really really bad for business and these men have been uh, blasphemers of our gods. And the, the town clerk who handled, you know, like the judge basically who handled all this, he quads him and goes, whoa, 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 no, 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 no. Listen, this guy, these, these guys have not done anything against our gods or our, our customs or our... They, they, he reasoned that the gospel did not go contrary to Roman law. But the thing is, is the, the, they thought that Paul and what they were, what Paul was teaching was completely against their gods and their practices. So, because Paul was preaching that these idols and these things aren't really idols at all. These things aren't these aren't real gods. And this made the people mad. It's like, well, he's preaching about this god that doesn't we he doesn't they don't do all the stuff that we do. He's clearly you know, he's clearly being blasphemous and and sacrilegious of our goddess. He says, um, no, they're not. I mean, this is what the 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 town clerk said. No, they're really not. Um, they they it doesn't go contrary to Roman law. But it looked different, and that like it really hit me there because they were ready to burn Paul at the stake for disrespecting the, these pagan gods and practices for teaching the way. Because everywhere that Christ was preached, there was a disturbance. Because it always, in, it, it, it always roughed up the world around it. It always went contrary, seemingly contrary to everything. It's not that I'm saying that, no, 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 listen. I'm not saying you can't do these. This is what the world does. I get it. But we don't mix these two things. We don't mix these two things at all. So much so that even the world doesn't think that we're trying to, you know, redesign what they're what what they do. All of this circled back to my thought of going, why do we still blindly try to look like the world and try to intake the world's practices, especially pagan ones. Like, 
we don't go, you know, like, okay, that is what it is, but why, why are we more concerned about that? Or not more concerned about that? I don't know. But it, it really, it really hit me because it didn't look like what they did and it seemingly went against it. And now we go, oh, well, you know, see, people don't, they take the Christ out of Christmas now and they don't celebrate it for Jesus, but that's what we're doing. Well, but it, he, see, the th he doesn't need any festivals made for him. And if you want to celebrate all of these things, again, we know when all of these things were happening. So why do we have to put pagan replacement root stickers on this? I just don't know, I, I don't realize again, other than the freedom, how we're able to do this. And I am begging the consideration of the question of why this is continually okay. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I really don't either, and I feel like that's what we just keep coming around to, and it's like... It. Uh, because people just want to continually argue, and they don't want to understand what you're trying to say. Or it ends with, I heard what you said, but I really just feel like this is where I'm at, you know, whatever. But again, that's the point of you guys. We've got to stop and look to God's word. You know, really look at these things. I mean, these are these questions we're asking. We're going, okay... We see God, do we agree, right, that we see God over and over telling his people, do not have anything to do with their ways, their customs, their things. I despise them. They disgust me. Like, do we understand the root of this and what it is and why it's an issue, right? Do we really look at that and then go, okay, I need to look at everything I do, all these things that are tradition. and whatever. Why do I do them? Why do I take part in this? That was my question, too. If you want to celebrate Christ's birth, absolutely. Um, I think the fall holy days are far more fitting for that if you look scripturally to all of it. But whatever, right? Tomato, potato, you do what you want to do. If you want to do it in December, okay. But are, if you're really doing this to honor Christ's birth, to remember this time, even to look forward to his return, whatever it is that you're doing. Have you really stopped and looked at everything that you're doing and said, how does this celebrate Christ's birth? How does setting up a Christmas tree and decorating the tree and, and doing your wreaths and making your cookies and buying the gifts, like how does that truly celebrate Christ's birth? How does it? You have to answer those questions. If you want to celebrate Christ's birth and you want to set up your nativity and you want to have a Bethlehem meal, I've seen people do, or whatever it is, right? You want to do those things? Like, sure, that's neat. It's like a unit study, you know, like we do in homeschool. That's a cool little fun idea to do. But do really stop and look at these things. That was my whole point with the video that I shared. My point going, I think it goes a lot deeper. I think all of this goes to idolatry. Idolatry in our own hearts, which you guys, be honest, we all have it. We all have it, and we all have to stop and seek these things out. And when we find them, we need to take a, like, sharp, nasty knife and just cut it all out, right? It's very serious. 
And that's when you stop and you look at this and you go, I think it all boils down to idolatry. Or, you know, well, oh gosh, my, you know, my parents or in-laws, there's no way we couldn't. They'd have a fit, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, guess what? Our family, it's really awkward. My mom doesn't even talk to me about the holiday. She completely ignores it like it doesn't exist and won't even have a conversation with me about it. I mean, our family falls off the face of the map. It's very awkward and weird and it sucks. Like being plain, it really does. But do we do things contrary to God's word and our convictions to appease man? Absolutely not. It is what it is, and I love them, and our home's always open, and all of the things, right? You have family that said they were going to come out for Christmas, and we're like, you guys, you remember we don't celebrate that, right? You're still welcome to come, and I'll cook a big meal, and we'll have a great time together, but don't expect me to have a tree up and my kids to be sitting around telling you what they asked Santa for, you know? If you want to bring them gifts and you want to tell them Merry Christmas, fine. Yeah, but I'm not going to say there's nothing wrong with that. We'll smile and thank you and have a great meal, you know, and a great time of fellowship. But, you know, but it's like it, it's idolatry so much deeper. And we just try to ignore that it exists because we go, oh, but it's for Jesus. Really? Because what are you doing to serve? Because you know what? We have this really cool book that tells you exactly what we can be doing yeah. to truly serve Christ. Um, and it has to do a lot less with us being in the center of attention. Let's just be for real. How about instead of doing all of this, you go and serve the needy in your community? How about instead of spending money on gifts, you go and you give it to, you know, someone who actually needs food and clothing and shelter? How about instead of making it more about you and your home and your family and your kids? You know what I mean? I guess but no, why, we just send a shoebox and go, I guess oh, okay, my, my question would be, why do we, if you're with the freedom that you use and I, people... Why are used, you wanting to use it on that? Do different, you know, they, they through the, um, you know, every single day they do different things and they celebrate Christ. They celebrate Christ in this and truly do. And I understand that. But other than tradition and your freedom to do so, why are we continuing to do this when we understand, when we say, okay, well, this most likely was not Christ's birth. This a hundred per, almost nearly a hundred percent guaranteed was not Christ's birth. Okay. This celebration that we do have has roots that are not so desirable. So all of those things taken in into account, why why is it that why we, are we don't into doing this? something different that goes against the grain that goes against that? And like I said, no, we don't go to Ju- we don't go and celebrate um, all things Jewish either because Christ is the fulfillment in that. So, but that's what I'm saying is if you want to celebrate the birth of Christ and all of these things, you know, we have like the Day of Atonement, we have. Um, you know, we have the feast of trumpets, yeah. Sukkot. I mean, we have so many things that all correspond with what Christ did, with what you're trying to use one day out of the week for. But we want to slap Christ's name on it and, and do it now. And I just don't know that that's a good idea, giving the Old Testament, um, taking the Old Testament into account with what, you know, how we're used for examples. I just don't see that this is a good idea. Um, because the pagans that were that we talk about now were the very same pagans that were alive when Jesus was alive, when when the apostles were alive. Like, these are the same pagans. Okay, we have the same argument, the same festivals. That's where these festivals came from. Okay, a lot of these things and these festivals come from these gods. 
Saturn, Jupiter, like all of these, like this, this, the Saturn on, on the, the festival of Saturn. What is that goes from December 20. So I forgot the exact dates of it, but that 21st, that's been celebrated throughout history. Like that, the, the, the Greco Roman, like they've celebrated that throughout their history. So how we just decide to just, okay, we're doing this now. I, I don't, I don't get how we can continue uh, to go in this and be okay with this. And the more and more that I learn and pray on it, the more and more uncomfortable I am getting with it. And I used to be way more on the side of whatever. And I still... I still am on that side for the people that aren't quite there yet and I and I still think as I said that you have the freedom to do so and I don't want to I'm not changing up what I said in the last um podcast but I am saying that more and more that it is bothering me and especially whence I you go and you learn and I didn't you know I, I'm not meaning to go and, and tear down something I was looking for something from a Jewish perspective and I'm running into things that I'm like wow I I'm not comfortable with this and I don't think that the Lord would be comfortable with this either so I think that we need to be careful and I think that we need to think and pray on all of these things and not just give lip service or roll our eyes to them, but to truly think of why we do these things. And if we really do have a good biblical defense as to why, when our Lord tells us exactly what not to do. Mm-hmm. So I, I would just, I would challenge everybody to do that because um, it's what I've been doing and, I, and I've been asking myself these questions and I can't come to a, a answer other than, we have the freedom to do so without condemnation. But using that as a get-out-of-jail-free card is a very, very thin line to walk. And, and we should not walk it. Yeah. <sighs> yep. Anything else? No, I think that's it. 